begin today with John chapter 10 and verse 27. It's good to see this big family gathered here at the third row in. If you keep going, you're going to take another row. That's yeah. Praise God. I'm going to the book of John, chapter 10, and verse 27. I fully expect that sometime during this message there will be a move of God. I can't save any of you. Only God can do that. And God is the one who can give you courage and strength and help and deliverance. So here we are today. John, chapter 10, verse 27. My sheep hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me. And today my message is going to be on this subject. Stop, look, and listen. Stop, look, and listen. Now, Lord Jesus, we're thankful for your goodness and mercy to us. Thankful, God, for what you're doing today. I pray in the name of Jesus that the presence of God would fill this house, that people would be saved and delivered and set free, and, and the children of God would be encouraged and strengthened, and the devil would be discouraged. I thank you, Lord God, for your goodness and mercy today. I ask you, Lord God, that your will be done in this time that we have together. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody said amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. At critical times, our sovereign God reaches out to individuals. At critical times, he reaches out to cities or even nations. He always reaches out, it seems, to people who are hungry, people who are desirous, people who want to hear his voice. I, I don't know how many of you in this place feel the way I do, but I want to hear the voice of God. Amen. When he speaks, I want to recognize immediately that him is speaking, and I want to give my 100% attention. Moses was a man who had tried and failed to do a great work for God. He'd been born a slave, born into poverty, in grave danger of being aborted. And then after being born, had to be hidden by his mother for three months. And when his mama could no longer hide him and knew that they were going to be caught and they would all be killed, including baby Moses, she placed him among the reeds of the Nile in a basket made from reeds, what we would call cattails, and daubed that little basket with slime and pitch, did the best she could. Moses was miraculously brought from poverty into Egyptian royalty. Sometimes what looks like a terrible thing is actually the hand of God in action. The day that Pharaoh's daughter discovered baby Moses 
I'm sure that Miriam, his older sister, said, oh my God. But he was raised in the palace, given the finest education that Egypt could give. And by the way, you wouldn't have Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, or Deuteronomy if God hadn't allowed him to be brought up in the royal palace. Slaves were not educated. They did not get to be trained in how to read and write. And God said, that baby right there, he's going to write the first five books of the Old Testament. So I got to take him and put him in the house of Pharaoh for a while. And I'm telling you, isn't it miraculous how that even sometimes when it looks like something terrible has happened, God really causes something good to come out of it. And it shouldn't surprise us because we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord, to them that are the called according to his purpose. So he was brought up in the palace and given the opportunity to really serve God and he messed it up. Now he found himself, after killing an Egyptian, he found himself working as a shepherd. Now think about this. A job that his adopted royal Egyptian family would have refused to do. I don't know if you're aware of it, but Genesis chapter 46 verse 34 says this. For every shepherd is an abomination unto the Egyptians. It was like, if you wanted to be an abominable person, be a shepherd. That's how the Egyptians looked at shepherds. I can't help but throw this in. You can always tell when a person is an Egyptian. That's right. Come on. They won't let anybody shepherd them. Oh, now you were doing pretty good, Pastor, till you threw that in. So Moses, who used to be a prince, now found himself a lowly sheep herder. Not only a lowly sheep herder, but he found himself on the backside of nowhere. He used to go, and they put a glass in his hand. He had anything he wanted, when he wanted it. Now the Bible said he's on the backside of a desert. Herding sheep, hygiene wasn't so great. You knew a shepherd by his smell before you saw him. So here he was. Life had taken a, a certain turn for the worse, it appeared. And then I like to say, and then it happened. Nothing has gone right. And our sovereign God reached out to where Moses was on the backside of a desert. Listen, I don't know where you are spiritually right now. You might be on the backside of a desert. It might be very dry where you are. You might feel like all hope is gone and my God, what am I going to do? But God has a history of showing up when we're on the backside of a desert. And Moses 
is on the backside of this desert. And the Bible says, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked. And behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. I want you to notice, when the Lord saw that he turned aside, what's that? He stopped. He didn't say, oh man, I got 25 sheep that I've got to get out of that ravine before I can go see why this spiritual phenomena is taking place. When he saw, when the Lord saw that Moses turned aside, that Moses stopped to see, he looked and God called to him and he said, here am I. He listened. So when Moses got the call from God, he stops, he looks, and he listens. And that single encounter with God was the turning point in Moses' life. A man who had failed, a man who had anger management problems, so severe that he had murdered already. He would not have qualified for the most likely to succeed award. But when Moses stopped, looked, and listened, it was exactly the turning point that he needed. About a year after Moses stopped, looked, and listened to the voice of God, here's what the Bible has to say about Moses one year later. It's found in Numbers 12 and 3. Now the man Moses was very meek, gentle, kind, and humble. That's what that word meek means. Above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. What? After that one encounter with God, where he stops, looks, and listens, this guy with huge anger management problems, the Bible records of him that he was meek above all the men of the earth. He was gentle, kind, and humble above everybody. When he stopped and looked and listened, it was a game changer. And it not only changed the game for Moses, it changed the game for Israel. Because now the Red Sea will part. Now manna will fall from heaven. Now the Ten Commandments will be given. And Israel will be delivered from slavery because Moses stopped, looked, and listened when the voice of God came to him in a burning bush. No, sir, Moses would never regret the day that he listened to the voice of God. Ladies and gentlemen, the most important thing you're going to do today is to listen to the voice of God. God's going to come to you in a few moments and he's going to impress upon you. He's going to let you feel his presence. He's going to reach out to you. He, he's going to let you know that he loves you and, and you can either shake it off and walk on or you can stop and say, I feel Jesus in this place. Lord, what is it you want to say to me? In the days of Samuel, 
the nation of Israel was in a mess. Eli was the priest. His sons Hophni and Phinehas conducted themselves so outrageously and so immorally that they had brought deep disgust among the people, caused deep disgust among the people concerning the services of the temple. It was something like today where people say politics and religion we don't discuss. It had become so tainted that nobody wanted to even talk about it. And politics and religion had become repulsive and revolting in their eyes. And the Bible says this about Samuel's day in 1 Samuel 3, 1. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. Now, if you don't understand the King James, it's not saying like, oh, it's wonderful, it's sweet, it's so precious. That's not what it's talking about. What the Bible is talking about here, in those days, the word of the Lord was precious as in rare. Like a precious metal that's rare. The word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions being given in the days that Samuel was a child. It was at this critical time when, when the Lord and his voice was rare. And there was not many visions that the voice of the Lord came to a small child by the name of Samuel. While sleeping in his place in the court of the tabernacle, Samuel literally heard Almighty God calling his name. It was a remarkable thing. The audible voice of God spoke his name, Samuel. He thought it was Eli. He threw back his covers. He ran to Eli's room. See what he wanted, but Eli told him to go lay down, son. I didn't call you. But when this was repeated a second and a third time, Eli started realizing something's going on here more than a child being scared of the dark. So he said, son, the next time that happens, you say, speak, for thy servant heareth. I think the Lord's talking to you, son. And so... When God called Samuel's name the fourth time, Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. Now, get to realize this is a small child. And the Lord revealed to Samuel prophetic things that were about to come. After Samuel stopped, looked, and listened to God's voice, that young child and our sovereign God became so close that the Bible records. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and did let none of his words fall to the ground. All because that when God came to him as a child, he stopped, he listened, he looked, he said, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. And all Israel from Dan, even to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. I'm telling you that when God's voice comes to us, many times like Moses on the backside of a desert after a miserable flop, at a time in Israel's history when the, the, the word of the Lord was precious or rare, a very few people could claim that they had heard the voice of God and visions were just almost non-existent. And God speaks to a little boy named Samuel. Now I want to bring it to a, a guy by the name of Elijah. 
Elijah, the prophet, has seen God do extraordinary miracles. Extraordinary. But Elijah had become depressed. See, prophets are human. And he'd become depressed. And he was actually fearful for his life. And I guess he had good reason to be. Queen Jezebel had sworn out a death warrant. And she wanted him dead. And she had the army scouting, scouring the land, the countryside, looking for Elijah. And Elijah said, I'm out of here. And he runs. Now Jezebel was demon-possessed. She was a rabid idolater who would stop at nothing to get anything she wanted. Kind of like the spirit that's got a hold of some folks today. She was a known murderess. She had murdered a guy by the name of Naboth, who was an innocent man. She hated God's people. She established idol worship. On a grand scale, priests and prophets of, of Baal were appointed in crowds while she persecuted the true prophets of Jehovah and caused them to be slain. Or if they escaped, they escaped by being hid in caves. That's the situation when Elijah was a prophet. It seemed like the last remnants of true religion were about to perish from the earth. It looked like the nation was doomed. The labor's anxieties had proved too much for even the iron frame of Elijah. And he said, Lord, just take my life. And he was very sad. I'm not better than my father's. Just take my life. And here's what I want to share with you. When he was at the lowest point of his life. In 1 Corinthians, uh, excuse me, 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 9, and he came thither, Elijah came into a cave and lodged there, and behold, what? The word of the Lord came to him. And he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? And Elijah said, I've been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant thrown down thine altar, slain thy prophets with the sword, and I, even I only, am left, and they seek to take my life to take it away. And he said, Go forth, stand upon the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains, and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire... A still small voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering end of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? When Elijah stopped, looked, and listened to that wonderful still small voice of God, everything started working like it should again in Elijah's life. Hallelujah. God began to work out his situations and even gave him Elisha to help him as his aid. I'm hurrying now. Are you still with me? Yes. There's a lady in the Bible in the New Testament. Her name was Mary Magdalene. She'd watched the Lord be crucified. She had been to the tomb and found it empty. She had seen angels in the empty tomb. But she was not comforted by the angels. She wanted to see the Lord. 
She went with a cry of sorrow to Peter and John, and, and they came with her, and they came back, and they verified that indeed the tomb was empty. Looking into the tomb, Mary saw the angels, and she replied to their question as to her reason. They asked, why are you weeping? She said, they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Confused, concerned, bewildered, even seeing the angels at the empty tomb did not ease her pain. In John 20, verse 14, and when she had thus said, she turned herself back and, and saw Jesus standing. And I want you to notice, and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if you have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus saith unto her, Mary. She turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Mary's sorrow was so great that when she saw Jesus standing, she didn't know it was him. He had changed after being raised from the dead in his appearance, evidently. She didn't understand. She was looking at Jesus. But there was something about the voice of Jesus. She had sat many times on the floor listening to him teach. She had listened to him teach for hours. She knew that voice. She didn't recognize him, but she recognized the voice. And all he had to do was say, Mary. And she stopped. Froze, turned around, looked, listened and said, Rabboni. It made the difference in Mary Magdalene's life. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Hallelujah. I hope this clip will work for you. I shared this with you once before, and here we go. I love you, Jesus. I was in Alaska doing a lawsuit. We're way out in the Aleutian Islands. I was in Alaska doing a lawsuit. We're way out in the Aleutian Islands, getting ready to leave and go back to Anchorage and then home. And I had a ticket in my pocket to get on an airplane. The pastor came up. And he said, listen, I can save you money. I said, how's that? He said, I flew a small airplane up here. And I fly a small airplane. And I can take you in my little airplane and you can save your ticket. And this did not sound, I said, gee, thank you so very, very much. But I've got this ticket. We'll just make our way on home, me and this other lawyer with me. He said, no, 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 you gotta do it, you gotta do it. And against every better judgment I had, I said, okay. Well, we went out to the airport, just by his little plane, and I looked at it. 
And I thought, well, one good thing, it's shiny. Then he walked around it. We got in. He's on the left front. I'm on the right front. The other lawyer's sitting right behind me. And he started it up. And it started up just fine. Well, we taxied out. I said, should we pray? He said, yeah, that's a good idea. We normally don't. I said, well, this time we're gonna. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I prayed five, eight minutes. I prayed a long time. We went and got on the runway. He starts down the runway. The plane lifted off ever so gently and we start climbing. And it's wonderful. Not a problem in the world. We started climbing and we flew probably three, four minutes. And something happened that will never leave my mind. The pilot turned to me and he said, we're going in the clouds and I can't fly in clouds. They make me pass out. I said, clouds make you do what? <laughs> now it's been cloudy all day. And we go right up into the clouds and you can't see anything. And he looks at me and his eyes roll back in his head. And he starts mumbling and he passes out passed out cold. Now I grabbed him and I shook him and I said, come on, you gotta wake up so I can kill you. Now we're in the clouds flying along with no pilot. And my friend in the back seat said, we're dead, aren't we? I said, there's a very good chance of that, yes. He said, what are we gonna do? I said, I don't know. But there was a radio right there and I handed him the microphone and I said, start asking for help. So he's in the back seat reaching up and he said, hello, hello. We didn't know any proper radio etiquette. All we were saying was hello. And somebody answered back, hello, hello. Don't you guys know proper radio etiquette? And I said, give it to me. I said, tell them we don't know nothing. Tell them we're in an airplane with a passed out pilot and we don't know how to fly this plane. The guy said, I'm a freighter flying out of Anchorage on the way to Tokyo. And he said, you're telling me you have nobody who can fly that plane with you? I said, tell them that's correct. Now you gotta understand, I am sweating bullets. He said, the first thing I'm gonna do is start circling so I don't lose you because I'll fly out of range of your radio and you won't have me anymore. And he said, I'm gonna get Anchorage Emergency for you. And Anchorage Emergency will be the people that can maybe help you try to save your life. After about five minutes, Anchorage came on, said, we understand you have a passed out pilot. And those of you do not know how to fly that plane. We said, that's right. They said, well, the first thing we gotta do is find you. And I'll never forget what this man at Anchorage said. He said, my job is to get you home safe. He said, that's my job. But he said, here's the deal. If you want me to get you home safe, you gotta promise me you'll obey my voice. He said, you can't see me, but I can see you. And he said, if you're not gonna obey my voice, you're gonna die. When you can't see anything, you have no idea how disorientated you become. Finally, he said, okay, I found you. Now hear me clear. He said, you're four minutes from a mountain. He said, you're gonna crash in that mountain and die. Follow my voice. I never said, I have to follow your voice? Is that reasonable? You see, I understood without his voice, I had nothing. And do you understand, without God's voice, you have nothing. Nothing. Finally, he got us turned. And he said, I'm freezing all the traffic in the area. He said, it's gonna take me an hour and a half to get you to Anchorage, and there's a lot of weather between you and Anchorage. You're in for a rough ride. And he said, I want you to hear me. I don't want you to look at what's going on outside. I don't want you to pay attention to the storm, just my voice. He said, if you start watching the storm, you will die, but I'll take you through it. Now, because they cleared all the traffic, several pilots 
those nighttime freighters, those 747s started talking to us. They said, we're praying for you, men. You're going to make it. But listen to the voice. That's the key. They said, trust the voice. You realize your head is full of voices and everybody in this world wants to talk to you and everybody wants to be the controlling voice. And God says, I want you to be a living sacrifice. I want you to put yourself on the altar and let my voice be your voice. Finally, we went through the worst of the weather, but there was still more. And then the voice came back and it said, now, I'm gonna line you up. He said, I'm gonna bring you in right down the runway. And at the foot of the runway are some lights and they're in the form of a cross. He said, don't you forget this. The cross is the way home. Finally, he's bringing us down. We still can't see anything. And all he kept saying is, stay with me. My sheep, the Bible says, hear my voice and they follow me. Finally, just a couple hundred feet off the ground, we saw the cross. I landed the plane. In fact, I landed it seven times. Finally, it all came to a stop. And the minute we stopped, the pilot woke up. The voice said, thanks for listening. I watch them crash and burn all the time because they won't follow my voice. They don't understand I'm the one who can see them even when they can't see me. But they get the voices in their head and they kill themselves. They self-destruct. Thanks for listening to the voice. Then they put us in a motel room at about four in the morning. The knock at my door. And I opened the door and man was standing there he said hello David I said you're the voice you're the one who got me home he said I am do you understand one day you're gonna stand before him and say you were the voice you're the voice that brought me home if you're not on that altar as a living sacrifice your head's full of voices and then we wonder why kids crash and burn. We wonder why marriages are shattered. And the Lord's saying, I'm the one who has the voice. All I can remember is that voice saying, stay with me. Stay with me. Don't listen to what's going on in your head and don't watch the storm. Stay with me. And I'll take you through. Tonight you have a God who has promised to take you through a living sacrifice holy. Would you stand with me, please? I just felt so impressed that I should remind somebody that there's a voice of God that's calling to you. And if you'll obey that voice you'll be fine but if you ignore that voice you will crash and burn and here we are today and the still small voice of the Lord I believe is speaking and he comes to us many times when things are not going the way we'd like for them to go or maybe we have failed 
where something hasn't gone well. And the voice of God comes and he says, follow me. Listen to my voice. I feel like God's voice is calling to us today. I feel like God's voice, stay with me now for a moment. I feel like God's voice is calling to us today. We must not hasten and, and, and walk away from this moment. There's a moment going on right now, like Moses at the burning bush, or Samuel in the court of the temple, or Mary starting to walk away from Jesus, and he says, Mary. And there's a moment going on in somebody's life that God is calling to you. And all I know to tell you is that listen to his voice. Stop. Look. And listen. God will give you direction for your life. He'll help you with the situation that's ongoing. You're not going to get it by just rushing, rushing, rushing. You're going to have to stop. For they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. The voice of God. Is there anybody that wants to hear the voice of God? Is there anybody that just wants to hear his voice? I'm, I'm going to invite you just to come and stand and wait on the Lord for a few moments. You want to hear his voice. And I really believe that God's calling to us. He has definite directions to give us. And some people will see the burning bush and say, Lord, I, you don't get it. I just don't have time today. I've got this, 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 and this, and this, and this on my schedule. I just can't do it today. I'm sorry. Maybe another day. But burning bushes only come once in a life. Mary, you're only going to have one time that you're going to be able to whirl back around and say, Rabboni. You heard his voice. I wonder if maybe what's going on at Asbury University right now is some kids that are hungry to hear the voice of God. Hallelujah. I wonder if that's what's going on. People just want to hear God's voice. They're not perfect. They may not have even the knowledge you have, but they have a hunger for God. Now, Lord, let's stand here together for a few moments. Lord, we're leaving the rush of our busy, busy lives for a few moments. We're laying all of that aside. And we're asking, oh God, right now that you would come to us in a very special way. Lord, I believe that you are. I believe that you're calling to us. But Lord, we've been so busy and things are so loud in our lives that we haven't necessarily heard your voice. But right now, in the stillness of this moment, I hear you calling. I hear you calling us by name. My sheep know my voice. And another they will not follow, you said. Oh, gentle shepherd. Oh, gentle shepherd. Oh, gentle shepherd. Oh, gentle shepherd, don't leave us out. While you're pouring your spirit out around the world, pour your spirit out upon us and upon those who are worshiping with us online today and those who are here in this building. Oh, gentle shepherd.
Help us to say yes to you. Help us to say yes to you, Lord. Oh, when you speak, I want to be the first one that notices. When your gentle spirit walks in and, and that still small voice begins to speak. I want to say, yes, Lord, here am I. Here I am. Here I am. How many would just lift your voices and your hands now to the Lord? And let's give God a big praise. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Hallelujah. I give you praise, Lord. I want to hear that still small voice. When you speak, Lord, I want to say, yes, Lord, here I am. I want to answer like Samuel did. <laughs> here I am, Lord. I want to answer, Lord God, like those who heard your voice and obeyed your voice. Hallelujah. Now, every eyes closed, every head lifted toward the heavens, if you would. Every eye closed, and if you have hands you can lift, lift them to the Lord. Lift them to the Lord, and let's believe God right now that we can hear his voice, and that we can feel his nudging, we can feel his presence, and we say yes to you, Lord, forever and always, yes. Here I am, Jesus. I give my all to you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. I lift up your name, O oh God. Lord, I'm going to stop, look, and listen, for I know you're coming soon. And oh God, Lord Jesus, our country's in a mess, our world's in a mess, but God, you've been known to come and, and speak when things are not going the way they should be. Turn everything around in the right direction, O oh God. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, I will heal their land. Oh God, we hear you. We hear you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, if a group of college kids can start praying and just keep praying and praying and praying, we, we've been the recipients of God's greatest blessings. And here we are today, God. Here we are. Here we are today, Lord. We're stopping our crazy schedule. We're stopping the mad dash right now. And we're just waiting on the Lord. Perhaps there's something that God will do right now. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. Here I am. That's it. And somebody right now, right where you stand, God is moving upon you. He loves you more than you could ever know. He loves you more than you could ever know. Listen to his voice. Obey his voice. That's it. Just praise him right where you are. Lord, the mad schedule stops now and here I am. Here I am to worship you. Here I am to praise you. I, I know I've got to listen to your voice. It's the voice that's going to get me home. It's that voice of God that's going to get me safely home. And I'm going to obey that voice. Here I am, Jesus. Here I am. I give my all to you, Jesus. Whatever you want to say to me, God, help me to have ears that I can hear. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I give my all to you, Lord. I give my all to you, Lord. I give my all to you, Jesus. I praise you, God. You are the great, mighty one, holy God. Hallelujah, Lord. I'm just stopping here for a moment. Just stopping for a moment to see what God will say. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I feel the Holy Spirit of God is ready to fill somebody for the very first time right now. I feel it right now in my spirit. If you'll just begin to praise the Lord. I feel in my spirit right now that God is ready to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Nobody even has to be around you. Just lift up your voice and listen to his voice. I love you, Jesus, more than anything in this world. God, you mean more to me than anything this world has. Listen to the voice. Hallelujah. 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 Now I'm going to pray for you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, receive ye the Holy Ghost. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, who is sovereign, Lord God and King, call in your name right now, in the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and praise him with your voice. And let your heart give praise to the Lord and let God take control of your vessel. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. Let God use your voice right now. Come on, everybody. Let God use your voice right now. I praise you, Lord. 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 I worship you, Lord. I praise you, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah.